0: "'Concurred Canca. "'Well then, what do you propose?' "'Robichon mused. "'Since we shall not be allowed to do ourselves justice on the stage, "'we must find an opportunity of it. "'A private performance? Good. "'Yet, if it is a private performance, how is Paris to be the judge?' "'Ah,' murmured Robichon, "'that is certainly a stumbling block.' They sipped their aperitifs moodily. Many heads were turned towards the little table where they sat. There are Kankar and Robichon. How amusing they always are, said passers-by, little guessing the anxiety at the laughter-maker's hearts. What is to be done, sighed Kankar at last. Robichon shrugged his fat shoulders with a frown. Both were too absorbed to notice that after a glance of recognition one of the pedestrians had paused and was still regarding them irresolutely. He was a tall, burly man, habited in rusty black, and the next moment, as if finding courage, he stepped forward and spoke. Gentlemen, I ask pardon for the liberty I take. Impulse urges me to seek your professional advice. I am in a position to pay a moderate fee. Will you permit me to explain myself? Monsieur, returned Robichon, We are in deep consideration of our latest parts. We shall be pleased to give you our attention at some other time. Alas, persisted the newcomer, with me time presses. I too am considering my latest part, and it will be the only speaking part I have ever played, though I have been appearing for twenty years. What? You have been a super for twenty years? said Kankar, grimacing. No, monsieur, replied the stranger grimly. I have been the public executioner, and I am going to lecture on the horrors of the post I have resigned. The two comedians stared at him, aghast. Across the unlit terrace seemed to have fallen the black shadow of the guillotine. I am Jacques Roux, the man went on. I am trying it on the dog at Apville-sur-Bois next week, and I have what you gentlemen call stage fright. I who never knew what nervousness meant before. Is it not queer? As often as I rehearse walking onto the platform, I feel myself to be all arms and legs. I don't know what to do with them. Formerly, I scarcely remembered my arms and legs. But of course, my attention used to be engaged by the other fellow's head. Well, it struck me that you might consent to give me a few hints in deportment. Probably one lesson would suffice. Sit down, said Robichon. Why did you abandon your official position? Because I awakened to the truth, Rue answered. I no longer agree with capital punishment. It is a crime that should be abolished. The scruples of conscience, eh? That is it. Fine, said Robichon. What dramatic lines such a lecture might contain? And of what is it to consist? It is to consist of the history of my life, my youth, my poverty, my experience as an executioner, and my remorse. Magnificent, said Robichon. The spectres of your victims pursue you even to the platform. Your voice fails you, your eyes start from your head in terror. You grasp for mercy, and imagination splashes your outstretched hands with gore. The audience thrill, women swoon, strong men are breathless with emotion. Suddenly, he smote the table with his big fist, and little Kankar nearly fell off his chair, for he divined the inspiration of his rival. Listen, cried Robichon, are you known in Abville-sur-Bois? My name is known, yes. Bah, I mean, are you known personally? Have you acquaintances there? Oh no, but why? There will be nobody to recognize you. It is very unlikely in such a place. What do you estimate that your profits will amount to? It is only a small haul, and the prices are cheap, perhaps 250 francs. And you are nervous. You would like to postpone your debut. I should not be sorry, I admit. But again, why? I will tell you why. I offer you 500 francs to let me take your place. Monsieur? Is it a bargain? I do not understand. I have a whim to figure in a solemn part. You can explain next.